Welcome back to the Greenfluence and Recalibrate podcast mini-series. This episode, Pavina and I chat to Dr. Martin Zhu, founder of i2cool. We chat about Dr. Martin's journey as a PhD graduate from the School of Energy and Environment at City University of Hong Kong to founding a startup, the future for i2cool and the startup industry that is being supported by Hong Kong universities and government. Get ready for episode three. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Greenfluence and Recalibrate mini-series. I'm Shri, and I'm here with Pavina from Recalibrate, the mini-series that brings you more awareness to the work of founders and investors in the global south. There is a lot to cover today, Pavina, but I'm looking forward to learning a lot about an area we haven't really delved into before. Um, and before I introduce um, our guests, I wanted to chat a bit more about the role uh, that science has to play in solving climate problems. How are you feeling about today's part, Pavina? I'm feeling I'm very excited to be talking to Dr. Martin. And um, my personal view is that there's been kind of a disconnect between the science and invent innovation world with um, industries, right, and, and the private sector. So I think Dr. Martin's um, profile and experience, which we will go in, into a little bit, uh, lends to really well. And it's a great example of how we can find inventions that are uh, being created in universities and different science uh, institutions to co- then commercialize it to industries and to the private sector. Yeah, 100%. I I agree with you there, Pavina. I think science gives us so many useful things in this race to net zero, but the role of science is to inform decisions by providing the best possible knowledge of climate outcomes. So this informing needs to go hand in hand uh, when solving uh, climate solutions and these founders and people trying to solve climate uh, issues need to understand science to that degree and be able to collaborate with other people in different areas of science. And those, those, small collaborations between different areas of science. We kind of touched back in some of our previous episodes uh, with Ration, uh, which is uh, an episode in season three, if you guys want to have a listen. Um, but it, it's it's super interesting. I think it's it, science is the beginning to help develop a strong understanding of current and potential impacts that will affect people today and in the coming days. But this is crucial not just because, you know, it's any problem, but it's a climate problem and there are going to be a lot of people impacted. The whole purpose of this mini-series, again, is to shed a light on uh, countries, um, continents where 
we don't really hear much about their, you know, climate issues. So, so hearing from Dr. Martin is going to be really interesting. Um, this is going to be our first episode where we interview a a, a founder in Southeast Asia. So, uh, I'm really interested in you know what what we're going to be learning about. Alrighty. So, in saying this. Uh, please give a warm welcome to our next guest on the pod, Dr. Martin Zhu, founder of I2 Cool. Dr. Martin Zhu is a PhD graduate from the School of Energy and Environment in the City University of Hong Kong. His research focuses on understanding the fundamentals of heat transfer, energy conversion, and engineered materials. He strives to integrate theory and experiments to create innovative solutions for enhancing phase changing, air cooling, dehumidifying, thermal management, thermal rectification, micro droplet manipulation, and energy efficient building technologies. That is pretty wordy, but we will go into depth and I'm sure Dr. Martin will break it down for us. Moving on, uh, with solid research background in thermal sciences, Dr. Zhu and his team successfully developed the electricity-free cooling uh, technology for building energy saving. This is incubated by Hong Kong Tech 300 program. He founded a startup, I2 Cool, uh, to commercialize the cooling technologies. This is empowered by self-developing and ever-improved products, as well as fueled by Dr. Zhu's highly adaptive and long-term strategies. This company successfully attracted interest from various sectors of society and uh, specifically, you know, the Hong Kong society um, where uh, a lot of emissions actually come from buildings. So we'll we'll go into uh, a bit more about that, but this will be significantly contributing to the goal of carbon neutrality for Hong Kong. So... Without further ado, welcome, Dr. Martin. How are you today? Oh, thank you. Thank you very much for your introduction. Yeah, yeah, I'm fine. How are you? Good, thank you. I'm really interested in hearing more about, um, you know, IT, I, I2 Cool. And before we go into depth about what the company is and what it's all about and the science of it all. I wanted to know, you know, how has your upbringing shaped your interest in sustainability? Yeah, and I uh, actually I studied uh, the PhD in energy environment uh, for four years. And before that, uh, my major uh, was in building related industry. And uh, during the study, I learned that oh, uh, the energy consumption uh, contributed by the buildings occupy a very significant uh, proportion of my city, Hong Kong. That's why uh, I think if we can have a solution to reduce the building energy consumption, it would be a very uh, effective method to reduce the uh, overall energy consumption of uh, our city. That's why I wanted to uh, contribute myself to the building industry uh, uh, with some uh, energy saving solutions. Uh, this, this is also the reason why uh, I uh, did the research uh, 
around the buildings and trying to uh, have some new method to um, have a, a greener building. I love that. Thank you, Dr. Mun. I think a lot of founders will relate to that. I think it's about actively looking at what you're really interested in and finding out, you know, what problems are actually, you know, uh, being faced by the current society you live in. And with you, you know, you actively seeked, you went out there and you were like, let's let's try and see, you know, what sort of problems there are. Let's go out into the buildings and, you know, see what we can do. That's right. Um, thanks, Shri. I think that was a very important point that you bring up there and wanted to kind of find out a bit more, Dr. Martin, about how you got to where you're where you are, the transition you made from being obviously a PhD student to now being founder yourself. And three months ago, you shared a post on LinkedIn where you obviously congratulated um, your um PhD supervisor and iCool, iCool presidential scientist, Dr. Edwin Yan, TSO, who was actually listed at, at, in the world's top 2% scientists for 2022, published by Stanford University. That's a pretty big deal. And you talk about how it's such a privilege to have Dr. Edwin Chi as your supervisor. Can you share a bit more about what the experience was like um, working with Dr. Edwin and also how did you come about um, convincing Dr. Edwin Chi to actually becoming your, um, to work with you on the I2Cool project? Yeah, uh, yeah, thank you. Uh, back to uh, like 2018, uh, I was a PhD student under uh, Dr. Edwin Cho's group and uh, he actually has a lot of uh, different directions uh, in his research group. And the first one is the smart window, and the second one is the uh, air conditioning system, and the third one uh, is the passive uh, radiative cooling, which is the uh, the technology we adopt in the company. And among his technology, uh, all are related to the building energy saving, which quite match with my own uh, dream, so that uh, we go together and I uh, follow his uh, supervision to uh, start my uh, PhD study. And actually, in the past few years, uh, in our research, we, we did a lot of uh, optimization uh, to the technology. Uh, before, uh, in the lab, in the laboratory, I mean, uh, we only focus on some uh, parameters that can provide the uh, cooling performance. For example, high uh, reflectivity of solar and high mid infrared emissivity. Uh, but we don't, uh, or say we didn't pay attention to the uh, cost effects or the scale up uh, uh, probability uh, of uh, our technology. We only focus on the research. Uh, but uh, back to the 2021, uh, my university, uh, City University of Hong Kong, uh, the management team uh, proposed a program, Hong Kong Tech 300, uh, that encouraged the student and the professor to uh, have a startup company together to commercialize the technology we developed in the lab. And we, we found that, oh, it is a very good uh, opportunity for us to commercialize our technology. And we also... Uh, Past through a few years of research, we spent like more than 60 million Hong Kong dollars research fund in uh, optimizing the technology. Uh, we, we actually not only uh, optimize the performance, we also uh, cost down the material and we uh, look for some uh, cheaper materials to replace the original uh, very expensive uh, 
elements, for example, uh, silver or heavy metal, and we use uh, some uh, lano particles uh, to replace the original materials to make it uh, cheap enough to uh, commercialize. So in 2021, uh, we founded a company uh, under the uh, encouragement of our university to commercialize the technology. And in, over the past uh, one and a half year, uh, we did a lot of uh, job cases in Hong Kong, Southeast Asia, and mainland China to verify our technology. Uh, because before, we, we can get a lot of uh, good results in the lab, uh, but it is uh, unsure for us to uh, like to use the material in the real world but because it is quite different in the lab. So uh, in the past one year and a half, we focusing on uh, we were focusing on like uh, verifying this technology in real application. Uh, for example, we can apply our materials on a real building. Uh, we can observe that uh, this material can reduce uh, around 40 degrees C uh, temperature on the surface in summer and, all around, and around like uh, 10 to 15 degrees C for the indoor air temperature. And this kind of verification uh, really help us to extend the technology to other applications, not only building. For example, uh, some outdoor equipment that also need the cooling to improve the efficiency, or even we can apply to the solar panel to reduce the temperature and increase the generation efficiency, etc., and also extend the technology to outside Hong Kong, uh, for example, in the Greater Bay Area of China and the Southeast Asia and also the Middle East. Thanks for providing that that background, Dr. Martin. That is uh, very interesting. Obviously, I can draw parallels having worked in product development myself, particularly the challenge of taking an idea, a concept you have to market and then trying to get that first customer. Um, so so it's really it's really helpful to hear that you are um, that you went through that process uh, before uh, setting up the company. Yeah, definitely. And I think your supervisor played a really big role in that whole process. Uh, and to be to be supervised, um, by someone in the world's top two percent of scientists, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that's that's pretty incredible. That's a that's a amazing privilege. So um, that's and uh, you know, like to just like reading about it. Um, I was reading about it while I was doing some research, and um, I just thought, wow, like that must have been that must have felt incredible. Yeah, 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 yeah. He gave me a lot of advice in my study, and also when I uh, do the business, he, uh, he also uh, uh, gave me some suggestions, like how to improve the material or how to, like, better to apply to some other application outside buildings. Hmm. Right. Okay. And so that sort of concept of how do you apply some things outside this whole knowledge outside buildings. Um, kind of helped you in your own research in a way because that was you were comparing and contrasting. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. No, that's so interesting. And we'll go into a bit uh, more into the company uh, a bit later. But I, I also wanted to touch on your engineering degree in water supply and waste drainage energy e engineering. And your master's in intelligent building technology and management. Did that did that whole process, that formal education process, help you in becoming a founder? 
Yeah, yeah, sure. Because uh, for the bachelor degree, which uh, is the water supply uh, degree, it is actually also related to the uh, building water supply because we need the tap to get the water, right? It is also a part of building. So that uh, when I touch with the water supply uh, engineering, I found that it is uh, uh, like most of our time actually spent in the building. So in the master degree, I choose the intelligent building, which is because uh, uh, I do think the building is one of the most uh, significant area for human to stay in. So in the uh, master degree, I study the uh, whole components or whole uh, design uh, of the buildings, not only the water, uh, but also the electricity, the HVAC, uh, and the uh, HVAC means the uh, air conditioning and ventilation, etc. not only water. So I have a very uh, complete uh, concept or knowledge of the buildings. And Above uh, all of the technology I, 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 I learned in the master degree, I, I do think the envelope of the building design is, uh, is, uh, play an more important role, uh, in the building energy consumption. Uh, this is also the reason why I choose the direction, uh, of Dr. Alvin Cho, uh, in the PhD degree. That's, that's amazing. Um, I, I think just like listening to you, um, it just, it's, it's amazing how a lot of different things can relate to, like, each other. Like you said, um, that engineering degree in water supply relates because that's still a part of the building. To consider that in your in your process when you were thinking about the whole uh, process of developing this product. So, yeah, definitely very interesting. Yes, and thanks, Shri. I think... Um, that was a really good roundup up until now, but this, uh, we're entering a very exciting part of the episode, which is when we talk about your product and what you've invented so far. So I2Cool, from what I understand, Dr. Martin, what it does is it aims to promote a novel energy-free and environmentally friendly passive radiative cooling paint. And it's patented in Hong Kong for energy saving and decarbonization. I think, as we know, decarbonizing the built environment, um, which is responsible for a huge portion of emissions around the world, particularly in the Asia-Pacific region, it sounds like this technology could be a real game game changer. And um, what I was also really interested or curious to learn more about was that the technology itself is self-developed self and has a high-performance paint features in the edge of solar reflection and thermal emission resulting in significant sub-ambient cooling effect without having to consume electricity and ozone-depleting refrigerants. Can we talk about how exactly do, can we apply this technology in a real-world environment and how does it encapsulate electricity-free cooling technology? Uh, yeah, and our technology is actually got inspired uh, by a Sahaba silver ant. And this ant can survive in a super hot environment. You know, in the desert, it goes up to uh, 60 to 80 degrees C in the daytime. Uh, this ant can convert the building, uh, I mean the body energy, into the uh, thermal energy and dissipate out to the cold universe. And we got inspired by this cooling strategy. Uh, we... Uh, absorb the radiative cooling or say electricity free cooling function into our building material 
And the uh, uh, emulsion paint with the cooling effects is our first step to do because uh, the manufacturing or fabrication is uh, uh, relatively easier as compared with uh, other materials. So uh, we start with the uh, cooling paint and applying the cooling paint on the building, uh, the temperature can be reduced and the energy for the AC system can be reduced as well. And uh, in the future, uh, we can also uh, combine this uh, technology with some other polymer. Uh, for example, uh, the ceramic tails and the uh, fabric and the textile, uh, like we can uh, use this technology to uh, fabricate the uh, cooling mask and the cooling uh, clothes or uh, etc. Uh, for more, um, I mean, for a wider application, not only for the paint. Uh, because you know, uh, for the uh, paint material, I mean, the cooling paint, it can only be applied to the uh, house owner or or a very uh, big uh, school or a hotel or hospital uh, or office building owner. Uh, but for the cooling textile or cooling fabric. It can be uh, like be used by everyone. Everyone of us need a cooling mask or the cooling uh, clothes or cooling hats or umbrella when we walk outside in summer. It's quite uh, it's quite uh, it's quite suffering. I mean, in the in the hot summer when you when you walk in the street. So uh, in the future, we will also develop more different uh, application scenarios based on our technology. That's so interesting. Um, and did you say it was inspired by an ant? Yeah. Wow. Okay. That that's so interesting. Like out of anything, it's an ant that can uh, utilize the body the the body structure of itself to um, create cooling environment. Super interesting. So um, I, I wanted to talk a bit more about um, Hong Kong specifically and its climate um, ecosystems and the current um, issues that they're facing specifically because right now, you know, we, we're from Australia, so we're kind of um, our, our media or our climate ecosystem is very much specific to the Australian or slash Western ecosystem. So we don't really hear about other countries and we don't really um, have that in the news and there's not much um accessibility of what's happening globally as you know a a global earth so just on that um uh i wanted to reflect on a linkedin post you posted six months ago you state in hong kong buildings consume over 90 percent of total electricity and about 60 percent of the building energy consumption comes from AC or aircon, um, as more as people commonly know it as. More especially, Hong Kong buildings have a high window wall ratio. So more than 50% of the heat loss and gain is through windows. Okay, so this is really interesting. Like, so by using this um this product that you've created on buildings, it could assist Hong Kong buildings to reduce energy consumption. But can you can you go a bit more into detail of how it can be done? Like, would you just paint the buildings, or um, what what's the process like? 
Yeah, uh, for uh, for the rooftop or for the concrete, uh, it is uh, easy for us to paint. But for the window uh, application, we need to see the uh, which I mean, uh, we need the visual transparent uh, of our materials to be applied on the windows. Yeah, because uh, Hong Kong has a lot of uh, skyscrapers, a lot of tall buildings uh, that are uh, the window to wall ratio is quite high. Uh, so that uh, we uh, have actually developed a second generation, which is uh, uh, we sacrifice the uh, solar reflection, uh, but we keep the thermal emission so that our material can be uh, transparent or semi-transparent. Uh, we can also make it like a thin film uh, type that we can just uh, apply on the windows like the film. Uh, so uh, we, uh, we, also need, uh, we, we actually also... Uh, got adapted to the window application based on our technology. And yeah, and Hong Kong has actually uh, has some other, uh, uh, I mean, uh, different, I mean, Hong Kong has some other plants that are different from Australia. that uh, Hong Kong uh, is a very high density city that uh, our buildings are very tall and in a very constrained area. So uh, the, I mean, the energy consumption uh, contributed by the buildings are quite high, it's 90%. But I think uh, in Australia, uh, this percentage may be a little bit lower, but uh, but I think uh, would not be too low because uh, I I I, sh I believe that uh, most of the people uh, in the world they spend uh, many times in the building. So building energy consumption is a is a popular topic or a, a important or significant part of the energy consumption uh, in a global uh, situation. And actually, I also want to mention a little bit. Um, about the situation in Hong Kong. And Hong Kong, uh, you know, uh, we have a lot of uh, universities, uh, not only the City University of Hong Kong, but we also have a uh, Hong Kong U uh, Polytechnic University, uh, uh, Chinese University of Hong Kong, etc. We have uh, around, uh, we actually have uh, five university uh, ranking in top 100 in the QS uh, ranking system. So uh, the government is uh, now trying to utilize the resources of the university to convert the, I mean, the research in the university into the product and impact the society. Uh, this is also uh, the key, uh, uh, the key works of the Hong Kong government is to uh, boost uh, our startup company uh, like us to uh, commercialize the technology. So uh, actually, uh, my startup company uh, now uh, is based in the uh, Hong Kong Science and Technology Park. And this is uh, a Hong Kong government funded uh, company that can provide an incubation uh, program or the working space to the startup company uh, that we can uh, like uh, enjoy the policy uh, provided by, by the government to uh, extend or explore the market uh, using our technology. And back to the window application, at the beginning, we indeed uh, only do the uh, white painting that can only be applied to the roof or the external wall. Uh, but with the incubation or the help uh, from the Hong Kong uh, Science and Technology Park, we know the leads from the market. I mean, we can hear the feedback from the market. Uh, uh, for example, oh, uh, 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 actually, my whole building envelope is uh, Windows, so that uh, we need a window uh, product so that we can fine tune our research to uh, like connect our technology with the society. Uh, we don't need to like uh, only focus on the technology in the lab, but we don't know the things happen in the society, we can like uh, get more closer to the ground and I, we can like uh, have the real feedback from the market and to uh, optimize our research.
Right. That's really interesting. So right now um, it's just building walls based, uh, but windows, is it is it in development? Have you developed it yet? Not developed. Developed. Oh, it has it's been. all developed. Okay. Yeah. It's all developed. Okay, great. But it's just, it's got to be transparent because, of course, it's yeah, 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 yeah. Um, So that's really good to see here. And just on that note that you were talking about, um, it is that the Hong Kong ecosystem, the climate ecosystem, or just like the tech ecosystem, um, innovation ecosystem there is now growing in a way that um, universities, researchers in universities, uh, the, the big universities, Hong Kong government is more inclined right now and is providing opportunities for these researchers to create their own startup or like commercialize their own startup. So that's really good to hear. And so you were um, you are a part of City University when that um, you you were part you were participating in uh, a in- incubation program, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and so the incubation programs are are also based in other universities, not just city universities. Yeah, I think I think so. Uh, but um, you can say that uh, city university is the I mean the first university in Hong Kong to launch such uh, incubation program for the student and the uh, faculty members like uh, professors to have the startup company, and the university can also provide the funding and be the first investor. Of the company, and after CTU, I mean, uh, some other university, uh, for example, uh, Poly uh, Technic University and uh, uh, Hong Kong University of Science and Technology, uh, they also follow this uh, similar system and have a similar incubation program. Then I think uh, the opportunities are, are are very. I mean, this kind of opportunities are very good for the. Uh, students. I mean, especially for the research student to explore uh, more outside the research. Because uh, before uh, we are going into the startup journey, we only focus on the research. We only fully focus on the technology, but we know nothing about the business and the marketing. Right. And we can take this opportunity to like jump out of the comfort zone and explore more. Uh, yeah, this yeah. is really really good. Yeah, and so it helps you just beyond just doing research. It helps you to actually commercialize, learn those skills or like create um, an environment where you can uh, commercialize, learn marketing, learn business, like other business skills that will help you to commercialize. And that's super important is that like research is something on one hand, but for a product to be commercialized, it has to be commercially viable. It has to be um, present in the market. It has to meet certain standards. It has to meet certain demands and achieve, um, you know, certain, like, things, standards also. So, yeah, that's super interesting, and it's good to see that Hong Kong is making progress um, in that area. And um, I was just curious, just on this note, is that how many years has, like, for, for example, for you in City University, how many years has this um, these, like, programs for researchers been going on for? Uh, yeah, uh, I, I mean, uh, actually, at the university, we'll grant the student in different uh, aspects. Uh, doing the research is the first aspect uh, to like our scholarship and our research funding. And, but for the grants for the company or for the staff, we are actually the first company <laughs> our university oh. grant. Yeah. Wow. Okay. That's yeah. amazing. Congratulations. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> it's really great to hear. 
Dr. Martin, so it sounds like you've been on this founder journey for a while, actually. You already had some ideas when you were a PhD you know, uh, student, and um, it's really exciting, obviously, for our founders to learn about all the amazing achievements that you and the broader i2cool team have been able to achieve. But I think um, as anyone on the call who's been on the founder journey know it's never a linear linear path. Um, we want to shift gears and talk a bit about some of the failures and challenges that you face along the process. Uh, can you share a bit more about a time when you felt like, you know, you were not able to find that answer or try struggling to find that first customer what was that challenge that kind of pushed you to actually find that breakthrough and keep going at this and and believe keep going and yeah. try to find a way to commercialize this product that is going to be a game changer for the building industry yeah yeah we uh, we actually faced a lot of challenges at the beginning because uh, you know uh, as a research project in the university, we just do it in a very small scale, like use a very small stirrer to fabricate the sample. But uh, for the real application, we need a large quantity. So the first problem we face is the manufacturing. We, we couldn't solve um, the problem without a support from the factory or from a very mature supply chain. So uh, we uh, we can say it is uh, lucky for us uh, to be in Hong Kong because, you know, Hong Kong is quite close to the Greater Bay Area. I mean, the Guangdong province of China. And this area of China has a very mature supply chain and logistic chain uh, so that we built a, a small factory in Guangzhou, uh, a city near Hong Kong uh, at the beginning to uh, trying to have a larger production capacity. And then we solved the problem by combining our technology with the uh, industrial resources in mainland China. And for the second challenge we face is that uh, our technology uh, uh, is actually uh, based in uh, Hong Kong's climate condition. We did the research in Hong Kong. Uh, the technology may not be very suitable for some other area, for example, uh, the northern part of China. It's quite cold in winter, so uh, our technology needs to be improved. So we, uh, in the next generation, we uh, absorb the feedback from the market and we have another uh, paint which has the thermocomic function that can change the color subject to the ambient temperature. For example, uh, it can uh, change the color to uh, a dark color to absorb the solar for warming in winter, but can turn back to white uh, to reflect the sunlight for cooling in summer. So that um, this technology can be applied to some other market, not only Hong Kong, uh, but like uh, the Europe or or the US, uh, it, uh, it is very suitable for this uh, high altitude uh, countries to apply with. Uh, for the last one is that we need a very strong team to support our like the uh, production because uh, we have uh, received a lot of orders. Uh, in the first year of commercialization, I mean, in 2022, uh, we have expanded to uh, Southeast Asia, uh, 10 countries, and also the Middle East, the GCC area, six countries. And some of our distributors are also uh, selling our materials in the European Union. So now at the moment, actually, uh, our product can be bought in uh, 39 countries or areas in the global market. So we also need a very strong uh, team to support the manufacturing. Like we need to do the uh, 
materials, uh, procurement, the logistics, the storage, and the QC, the quality team, uh, monitoring, etc. So we lead a very mature team to manage the production. And also we lead a marketing team to take care of the uh, distribution, to take care of the channels or do some more uh, exposure or to do expand technology. And uh, so this is also a challenge for us to uh, recruit the suitable uh, people uh, in in the uh, from the human resources market. Uh, so we uh, actually in in the early uh, 2022 we set up an office in Shenzhen. Uh, in Shenzhen office we can have uh, more people to join us to manage the production and to manage our uh, business development in the mainland China. So uh, now actually we have uh, two offices. Uh, one office is in Shenzhen uh, to take care of the production in mainland China. And another office in Hong Kong where I'm staying here, uh, the Hong Kong Science and Technology Park, uh, to take care of the local um, project and take care of the uh, global market. So uh, we solved the problem with the uh, uh, help uh, from the university and from our incubator, Hong Kong uh, Science and, and Technology Park. And uh, I, I believe that in the future, uh, we may face uh, a more challenges uh, uh, as compared with before. Uh, but I believe uh, we can uh, resolve the problem one by one uh, with our patients and with the support from uh, our incubators. That's an amazing um, story, Dr. Martin. Thank you for sharing that. It's uh, almost um, feels like I'm vicariously living through the experience of building a <laughs> From seeing it going from that research concept to you actually building the factory, building the right team, setting up the right team to help you commercialize and scale, right? Which is not always easy. We know that a lot of times startups actually fail in that valley of death, right? Between kind of ideation, yeah. and get finding a proof of concept in the market and product market fit. It's, it's not always a straight path, um, which sometimes I think requires a lot of funding. So how did you go about the fundraising process and making sure that you had enough capital to invest in the factory and the right team members? And what are some of the lessons that you learned from the fundraising process that you think would be beneficial for a first-time founder to know about? Yeah, yeah. At the very beginning, uh, my university, CTU, uh, it is the first investor. Uh, our first investor, they, uh, uh, the university gave us uh, 1 million Hong Kong dollars to expand the team and the facilities. And after that, we need to uh, seek for the uh, venture capital uh, in, in the market. And uh, we have actually met with a lot of different uh, uh, venture capitals. Uh, but the reason why we choose the current one is that uh, they can connect us with uh, different resources. For example, they can have a strong uh, networking uh, in uh, mainland China. So they can like introduce some potential client to us uh, to maybe they can adopt our technology in their uh, properties or their facilities. So uh, the lesson, uh, I mean, the, the lesson I can learn from this process is that uh, we, we, we are actually not only looking for the money to uh, let's scale us up, but we are also looking for the resources behind the money uh, from the investor that can help us to grow faster. Awesome. Um, that's super interesting. Uh, so just reflecting on your funding journey and 
how you were talking about resources, I wanted to talk about a post that you posted um, two months ago. You announced two months ago that i2cool is the winner of uh, the Global Prop Tech Challenge and um, has been uh, has been allocated a prize of a project with MR in yeah. Dubai. And yeah. so MR is a multinational real estate development company located in the United Arab Emirates. Uh, it is a public joint stock company listed in the Dubai financial market with six business segments, 60 active companies, it has a collective presence in 36 markets across Middle East, North Africa, Asia, Europe, and North America. This challenge is the second sustainability challenge that MR has hosted, and it involves a challenge to construct buildings in an environmentally friendly way that looks towards the SDGs. So the challenge winners receive um, launching customer for at their proposition with MR in Dubai. And then they also receive a network of other construction developers in Dubai. So I was just wondering how has the project with MR started and what does the uh, timeline look like if it hasn't? Yeah, uh, we actually got connected with uh, Eva uh, uh, on the internet. Uh, they, I think they uh, saw some of our news or interviews in English uh, uh, published by the uh, Hong Kong uh, TDC, the Hong Kong Trading uh, Development Council uh, that uh, helped the Hong Kong startup to to uh, like increase our exposure. I think they uh, saw our news uh, on the internet and they uh, then they invited us to uh, take part in the global product challenge because we are we are actually a product company. We promote, uh, I mean, we can provide the technology to the property uh, management uh, company to increase their operation efficiency, uh, so that we uh, we we apply uh, the uh, competition because we also think our technology can help to improve the energy utilization efficiency of uh, EMA and. And back to that time, the uh, IMA uh, has uh, selected uh, uh, 14 companies, one four, 14 companies from uh, more than 200 uh, startups all over the world uh, that uh, can offer the opportunity for us to present in Dubai uh, in front of the uh, management team of IMA. And we won the competition uh, at the end. So uh, IMA will have a contract with us to uh, apply the technology uh, in their properties. And at this stage, uh, IMA, uh, they plan to apply our technology uh, on the roof of Dubai Mall. You know, Dubai Mall is quite large. It's over like 450,000 square meter. Uh, it's like 20, it's, it's around 20 uh, uh, football playground. So it's quite large. Uh, it will be a very significant uh, progress for us to extend the technology outside, outside Asia. Because you know the Middle East area is also quite hot. We our technology uh, got inspired by the desert uh, silver art. Now we go back to the desert to solve the, the hot problem. Now you're going to all these countries that have yeah. these these uh, temperature problems, and yeah. including, yeah. I mean, you know, um, United Arab Emirates that has so many like deserts. So yeah, that's super interesting to learn more about. I. I'm keen to follow this journey and I'm wondering, um, so if this is the project, is the project going to be um, 
just once off and it will or is it something that you know you can still tap into like as in the network of other construction developers are you still going to be inside that community or um, how how does it work yeah 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 we will we will go uh, in a deeper level uh, not only for uh, the first project or, or not only for the property management we can actually uh, combine with the uh, urban planning uh, or the smart city construction to uh, adopt our technology as i mentioned uh, our technology is not only uh, uh, for the paint but we can also do the ceramic uh, that can be applied to the road or the pathway to reduce the uh, heat island effect of the city and also we you can do some b2c product like the textile or the fabric for the uh, like personal users so uh, it is very uh, big space for us to uh, further collaborate with uh, different parties uh, in, in in the in the city or urban planning area uh, yeah this is uh, what we do is to uh, use the technology to increase the uh, energy utilization efficiency uh, for the whole city for the whole world and to promote the carbon neutrality globally and finally where can listeners and those tuning in to our podcast go to learn more about you and your organization uh yeah um you guys can uh, follow me on LinkedIn, searching Dr. Martin Zhu, or on Instagram, or some uh, Chinese platform, for example, uh, Weibo or WeChat. Oh, amazing. Okay, so everyone tuning in, if you have LinkedIn, go, uh, go connect with Dr. Martin and send him the questions you might have, or just simply follow his journey um, and I to Cool's journey as well. Thank you so much, Dr. Martin. We really appreciate your time and your advice and your journey that you've uh, shared with us today. I think the current solutions in Southeast Asia is uh, is going to be is is going to take place as we grow as a a global um, country and the global south as the global south grows and as you've said before, as uh, governments in U- Hong Kong contribute more funding and more opportunities to these startups and researchers, they will grow even more. And I'm really looking forward to uh, learning more about your um, your whole uh, journey ahead. And the main thing that I really loved was how interesting this concept of cooling is and how important it is to look at different areas of uh, of um, climate solutions. Different countries have different issues and we need to be looking at those uh, those perspectives before thinking, like before just, you know, being in a narrow-minded um, state where we're just surrounded by our own country's climate ecosystem. So that's been really interesting to learn about. And what I found interesting is how this paint can change different colours as well. So that's that's so interesting. I'm really keen to learn more about that. All right, Dr. Martin, thank you so much. Do you have anything to add, Pavena? No, uh, Sri, I think you've covered it really well. I just uh, wanted to thank Dr. Martin uh, for sharing his personal story and his experience. And it's very inspiring to see someone from the academic world that has 
built up operational experience and obviously built up the team to support him in taking this vision, this research into um, the real world and trying to solve a problem that is uh, not necessarily always straightforward. So it's very inspiring. Thanks. Thanks for sharing um, all your learnings, Dr. Martin. I'm sure there's a lot that all of our audience and our followers can learn from. Okay, thank you for the interview too. So uh, yeah, let's keep in touch. Uh, maybe uh, when I have uh, some more new progress, uh, I, I will update uh, to you too and your audience uh, in the future. Awesome, we're looking forward to that. All right, thank thanks you. so much. Thank you, thank you. Thank you. found Dr. Martin's journey interesting like it had been for me. It was so interesting to learn about his journey with i2cool. We'd like to thank our podcast editor, Tanisha Wong, for all her hard work in creating this episode. How did you find our third episode? If this is your first time listening, thank you for joining us and please feel welcome to listen to our previous episodes. If you're a regular listener, thank you for listening in again. The Greenfluence and Recalibrate team would love to hear from you. If you'd like to get in touch and become a part of the Greenfluence and Recalibrate team, check us out on LinkedIn, Instagram, YouTube and Facebook. We'd appreciate it if you'd leave us a review and subscribe. We'll catch you in the next episode.